0: Some people think little girls should be seen and not heard. One, two,
1: three, four.
2: People do feel very radically different about gender experience. I
1: mean, that's just like the rules of feminism.
2: That diversity is like the number one thing I think that has to be reckoned with.
3: Agenda with women in the arts. Good morning, you're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio, your Saturday morning fix of art, politics and trash from a feminist perspective. My name's Katie Winton.
2: And I'm Tanya Ali. Agenda on FBI Radio is broadcast on Gadigal land and I would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people as the original custodians of the land we broadcast on and pay my respects to their elders past and present. I also acknowledge the significance of Redfern as a place of strength, resistance, knowledge, sharing and storytelling for many communities and would like to honour that history history. Last week on
3: Agenda, we did a pretty teary goodbye to co-host and co-founder Isabel Hawthorne who's now in Italy on a holiday that I'm like not willing to engage in because <laughs> of my uh, very solicited jealousy um, before she moves to Berlin indefinitely. So Tanya, I'm so excited to go host Agenda with you over the next few weeks while we're in kind of a bit of a transitional period and more details to come about the show structure soon. But for now, I wanted to take a little bit of an opportunity to talk about all the cool stuff that you do because you host Arvos on Mondays?
2: Yes, I do. So on Mondays from 3pm, I do host Monday Arbos, which is always such a blast. And also, shameless plug alert, Um, (laughs) I've recently started a segment on Up For It with Ruby Miles, which is really exciting. It's called Race Matters, and we're only two weeks in at the moment. But um, the premise is essentially bringing a guest of colour into the studio each week and talking uh, about their work or... Topical issues of race and representation as well. If that does sound like your jam, uh, you can tune in on Wednesday mornings at 8 15 a.m. But most importantly, I'm very, very excited to be in here and co hosting Agenda with you, Katie.
3: Yeah, Race Matters is amazing. Definitely tune in to that one. Um, and here at Agenda, we're kind of moving in some really exciting directions. We've been thinking a lot about how we can use our platform to talk to more people um, on a regular basis. And we have some really great content contributors that we'll introduce you to in the coming weeks. Um, uh, for now, though, we can't wait to hear from Nikki Liakos over the next month about the relationship between feminism and astrology. Definitely stick around for Nikki's Astro segment today, which is coming up in about 15 minutes.
2: And to celebrate Nikki's astrology segment, on Thoughts That Count, we'll be asking you who your favourite feminist astrologers are. If you have anyone that's your go-to, text in on 0409 945 945.
3: My personal favourite queer feminist astrologer is definitely Shani Nicholas. Uh, She's a Canada-born, California-based astrologer. Um, She's just like really witty and warm and funny um, and brings a sense of social justice to work that includes kind of private readings and online classes and workshops. Obviously, I only really stay up to date with her online (laughs) because I'm not in California. Um, But she often has, yeah, like a really kind of inclusive
2: way of speaking about astrology, which I totally appreciate. Yeah, 100%. My housemate uh, always reads me my monthly Shawnee Nicholas (laughs) horoscope. And, like, I'm not super across astrology, but every time I hear my Shawnee Nicholas horoscope, I'm like, wow, okay, I feel so affirmed. And it's, like, so warm and beautiful and, like, always uplifting and like acknowledging the hard things you're going through as well. I don't know. It's so good. Um, (laughs) There's a lot happening for Sydney Writers Festival at the moment. And while we're on the topic of astrology, there was a talk yesterday by Canadian author and astrology devotee, Eliza Robertson, uh, titled On Astrology. She's the author of a book called Demigods, and she explained why the ancient practice of astrology intersects art, um, language and mathematics and examines its appeal to historically Marginalized groups, and she argues that it offers a more vivid and inspired way of understanding reality.
3: Super cool. I wish that I'd seen that, but I think Sydney Writers Festival are really good at podcasting their talks as well. So stay tuned. Yes, definitely.
2: (laughs) I also want to fan out quickly because I have been to a few Sydney Writers Festival uh, events over the past week, and I went to the opening address on Tuesday night. And was absolutely blown away by this one particular speaker. So um, Artistic Director of Sydney Writers Festival, Michaela Maguire, has a newly established tradition um, where three of the international authors do half an hour of like an address each. Um, And this year they had the New Yorker staff writer, Alexis Okeowo, and... Andre Ackerman who wrote the novel Call Me By Your Name who were both great but then Min Jin Lee who's this Korean American author closed off the opening address. So she released last year an incredibly highly acclaimed novel Pachinko and her talk was one of those things where like I immediately marched out from the venue and just like bought the book instantly. She literally ended her speech by reciting the lyrics to Rihanna's Diamonds oh my God. and everyone was <laughs> crying like of all ages it was such a moment! <laughs> oh, I'm so sad that I missed that. Yeah, you should have been there. It was so good. But again, <laughs> again yeah, podcasting, can, yeah, for sure. Yeah,
3: so much writers' festival stuff that's happened. Also, just quick shout out to Sydney Writers' Fest for like, you know, creating an incredible lineup and bringing some really amazing people um, to Sydney to kind of engage in ideas and their writing. Um, such an incredible kind of um, array of people speaking. And there's been so much stuff that's happened. So overnight, there's been a big Twitter storm after Zinzi Clemens tweeted about Juno Diaz, and it started. Um, Um, In a panel yesterday afternoon where Zinzi Clemens stood up in the question time and asked Juno Diaz about a recent essay he'd published in The New Yorker uh, detailing the sexual assault that he experienced as an eight-year-old boy. Um, And then she asked him why he had treated her the way he had six years prior, which um, was when she was a graduate student at Columbia. So it's a really big
2: moment. Yeah, super full on. So after the panel, Indy Clemens did tweet about it and she wrote, As a grad student, I invited Juno Diaz to speak to a workshop on issues of representation in literature. I was an unknown, wide-eyed 26-year-old and he used it as an opportunity to corner and forcibly kiss me. I'm far from the only one he's done this to. I refuse to be silent anymore. Such disappointing news. Like, literally nothing is safe
3: anymore. I don't know. I heard about this really late last night and my response was just... I'm gonna to go to bed when I wake up, I want all entitlement to be gone <laughs> for the patriarchy to have crumbled. and I really don't know why that hasn't happened seriously. <laughs> I'm still waiting. Um, but we're gonna be chatting to Amina Tuso a little bit later in the show today. Um, so maybe she has some thoughts on it or maybe she was even in the audience. Don't know. We'll ask her um, yeah. a little bit later. But she just arrived in Sydney from Brooklyn for the Sydney Writers' Fest and is speaking on a panel this afternoon called My Feminism Will Be Intersectional or It Will Be Bullshit.
2: I actually caught Amina to speaking as part of the Power Gala last night where she shared the stage with the likes of Tanya Pilbisek, Sally Rugg, um, Tayari Jones and so many more. Amina opened the gala and while it was a short talk it made me so excited to chat to her today. So,
3: I'm having such a big fangirl moment <laughs> about speaking to her. Um, she co-hosts Call Your Girlfriend which is a weekly podcast with Anne Friedman and she's a digital strategist, writer, influencer, co-founder of Tech Lady Mafia. I listen to Call Your Girlfriend like on a weekly basis so Anne and Amina So call each other from their respective cities in Brooklyn and LA and they chat about pop culture, politics, um, women, female identifying and gender diverse people doing really amazing things. So, so many questions for her. Yes,
2: <laughs> and like super relevantly, you and Isabel talked last week about how to maintain long distance friendships for Isabel's last show. So maybe two has some hot tips on how she maintains her friendship and her working relationship with Anne Friedman from different cities in the US.
3: Yeah, I'm also really excited to chat to her about the essay um, that was actually referenced for the title of the panel that she's speaking on this afternoon, so it's called My Feminism Will Be Intersectional or It Will Be Bullshit <laughs> – And it was written in 2011 by Flavia Zodin in response to one of the slut walk protests that happened in New York. And it's described in the blurb for the panel as like a rallying cry, the center of modern feminist debate, and now a catchphrase that has been appropriated and commodified across the internet while its author struggles to earn a living. So like a lot of things to unpack there.
2: Definitely stick around for that conversation with Amina Tussauds in about 30 minutes. And in other news, the French (laughs) president Emmanuel Macron thanked Malcolm Trumbull (laughs) and his Delicious wife Lucy Trumbull for their hospitality, which has blown up Twitter this week.
3: Very important feminist news. Um, <laughs> everyone in my office yesterday, not yesterday, a few days ago, was like very annoyed with the French president. He did some breakfast conference at Carriage Works this week. Which is where I work, and the police decided to like shut down pretty much the entire street. Which meant that I couldn't get into the car park and had to park really far away, it made me late for work. But the thing that was like really great about that particular morning was that there was a security guard minding the bathroom outside my office for a few hours, and I did get to see Mr. French President wait. We- well, like not actually Wee, but I saw him <laughs> go into the bathroom and come out again. So that kind of made the parking annoyance worth it. <laughs>
2: totally. <laughs> if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio ninety four. 5 FM, Thoughts that count is up next. Bit of a language warning on this one. This is Jungle Pussy with Trader Joe.
4: Trader Joe's, I'll swallow kids if we start eating vegetables, New York nigga with the love for Arizonas, I got the juice he bout to start sipping on, you see how it be, you ain't know you needed me, now I'm all in your room, look at you, want a piece of meat and ripe fruit hanging off the tree, I'm a mango mommy, pero te quiero Bobby, but not more than I want to be making so much money. You gon' hit my phone when I get on. You gon' sing this song like all day long. You make your granny see me at your barbecue Pop a plan B, stop the family A father not cute I'm starving at the function I'm marbling at your cousin <laughs> Do he know where the stash is at? Where the lobster, the crabs, and the past is at? He laughed at me, he do though I could see his madudo inside my noodle You gon' hit my phone when I get up all day long Pick me up from Trader Joe's, carry all my groceries and lick on all my toes. Trying to cuff, but I know you gonna leave me alone. When my phone ring, it's cause a nigga seen the way I grow. We don't fuck, he just picked me up from Trader Joe's, carry all my groceries and lick on all my toes. Trying to cuff, but I know you gonna leave me alone. When my phone ring, it's cause a nigga seen the way I grow. You gon' hit my phone when I get on You gon' sing this song like all day
1: FBI Radio.
2: Are listening to Agenda on FBI Radio, and it's now time for Thoughts That Count, where we ask you what you think about a particular topic or issue. This week, we're discussing astrology, and we're joined by FBI's resident astrology <laughs> enthusiast, Nikki Liakas.
5: Yay! <laughs> hey, my name is Nikki, and I am an avid believer in astrology. I basically want this segment to be a sort of What's the Agenda in Astrology moment, where I can give you updates on planetary movements or discuss astrology topics um as you may have already caught on by Instagram, astrology is becoming the new way to console your feelings. Hint, hint, Mercury retrograde <laughs> that just happened.
3: Yeah, one of my favourite Instagram accounts is Trash Bag Astrology. I'm a new follower of Trash Bag Astrology, and I saw this meme the other day that says how my Taurus season's been going so far, and it features a woman like lying in bed with the doona right up to her nose, without like with her makeup running, and the caption is "eating in bed and crying is the mood." And as a Taurus, <laughs> I very much feel this, um, and I'm wondering if you have. Any thoughts on why Taurus season has been a bit awful so far? Yeah,
5: well, I'm a Taurus too, so I totally feel you with that. Um, As I just mentioned, Mercury has been in retrograde and it just came out of its shadow, which was on May second. So it's been a hard slog. I've felt this Mercury retrograde so strongly than I have any other. Um, And on top of that, the Scorpio full moon was on Monday, and the Scorpio full moon ruled themes of death and rebirth. So it's been a doom and gloom time so far. Um, The full moon in Scorpio is about trying to cut old ties, maybe recognizing the stress and anxiety you may have been going through previously, and now it's time to move forward. So a lot of astrologers online have been saying that um, don't worry, like now the moon's in Capricorn, it's a much more grounded energy. Um, There's a lot more emotional seriousness to Capricorn and that after the second week of May, Tauruses wow. will have their time to shine. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs>
3: great. That's great news. Thanks. <laughs>
5: <laughs> no worries. And onto the next sign of the Zodiac Gemini. I also wanted to mention Kanye West and how his tweets are the most damn Gemini thing I've seen <laughs> in my life. Also wanted to mention other famous Geminis are uh, Donald Trump and Kendrick Lamar. And Kendrick Lamar raps so much about being a Gemini. If No one caught on. Whoa. Yeah. I I actually
3: haven't caught on to that. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
5: Lots of his lyrics. He's always got jumping the word Gemini in there as well. Um, So, a quick little intro into Geminis. They're ruled by the planet Mercury, um, and Mercury rules communication because of this Gemini's love conversation particularly thought-provoking conversation and due to being an air sign they're so aloof they're known to change their minds quickly they're represented by the twin sign so they're often misrepresented as two-faced but low vibrational gemini's can be quite two-faced it's just that they're very detached and they can change their minds quickly frequently and they possess the ability to have rapid and radical thoughts. That does sound incredibly Kanye Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Donald Trump. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I want to know, text us on 0409 945 945. I want to hear your Gemini story. Everyone has a Gemini story.
3: <laughs> uh, stick around for more astrology with Nikki Liakos right after this track from okino san It's called I Want to Be That Girl.
6: I'm sick of hearing all about you.
2: That was I Want to Be That Girl. And you are tuned in to Agenda. You're right in the middle of Thoughts That Count. And we are joined <laughs> by Nikolaiakos, our astrology <laughs> extraordinaire.
5: Yes, and we were just talking about Kanye West and his tweets and how he is such a Gemini. And we do want to hear from you, 0409 945 945. Text us in your Gemini stories. Also on the topic of Geminis and them being ruled by Mercury, Mercury has recently been in retrograde so maybe all the Geminis were deep in their thoughts reconsidering new ideas and now after Mercury's gone direct Kanye's sharing all this new material he's been so <laughs> I um, So he asked what is Mercury in retrograde? To put simply it's basically the planet Mercury orbiting backwards or appearing to move backwards and because of this it astrologically means for us we're going to look inwards on ourselves, confront our thoughts and just readdress what we're doing in aspects of our lives and um, we're being forced to reconsider and revamp our current situations before we move forward with anything so it's sort of like a block to say you know stop what you're doing reassess all your emotions confront those fears before you move on with any new projects this is why it gets the rap where it's just like anxiety stress you know that meme about Taurus season yeah. where you're like in your covers, deep in thoughts. Like, obviously, this is really hard for us Tauruses to deal with because we like grounded energy. We like to be in control. So, yeah, also delays are prone in this time. Sydney trains went absolutely whack for the Mercury retrograde period. I experienced so many train cancellations and delays. Um, Also, a lot of, like, people's tours were postponed as well. So there's a lot of, like, postponement and stuff like that. Yeah, so Mercury, the planet ruling communication, there are also tech glitches during this time. I always told Tommy, because I produced him on Arvos, and I was like, back up your laptops. Ah. Yeah, back up your phone. And he's like, no, like, I'm not going to do it. And then his laptop crashed. And- <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no,
2: you tried.
5: <laughs> and I think for the first time ever at FBI, we actually had major tech difficulties where like one of uh, i don't know something's playing up in the studio and like yeah it never happened before and that was all in mercury retrograde Mm. but it's not all bad news if you harness this energy and use it to your own advantage it's a great time to restore your ideas and direction in life it's a great time to stay at home, work on your priorities, glow up sis. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And what most people don't know is that Mercury goes retrograde three times in a year. So we just had that huge slog Mercury was in retrograde and it was out of its shadow period May 2nd but it did apparently end April 16th but it'll be back
2: (laughs) 25th of July it'll be back. Oh boy. It's another Mercury retrograde. Yeah that's wild, I didn't, that's so soon <laughs> Too soon if you me, Yes,
5: um, I'd love to hear from you listeners, maybe there's something related to astrology that you'd like me to cover or you have a particular burning question you'd like me to answer, although I may not be able to answer everything I definitely would love to point you in the right direction and give you some sources um, so perhaps on the agenda program page, I'll leave my email there and if you just flick me an email with the subject heading astrology, I'll be sure to get back to you on this segment.
3: Fantastic. Thank you so much, Nikki, oh, thank for you. all of these updates. It's, it's been very insightful. Uh, you're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. This is Laura Jean with Girls on the TV. Stick around for our chat with Amina Tussauds uh, up really soon.
0: Ricky played the flute, but she never had. Use for it Miming her pot in- Got scared when they made her do the splits. She tried tap school and blew the teacher away, but the girls in the class teased her, saying she was too chubby.
2: by Music New South Wales to showcase women in electronic music.
3: You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. Just there you heard uh, Gang Gang Dance with Lotus and before that was Laura Jean with Girls on the TV. We've been talking to astrologer Nikki Liakos today on Agenda on FBI Radio and we just got a text in from Sam asking about Mercury Retrograde. Sam's really interested and wants to know if there's anything good in particular that they can read up on about it. We haven't popped uh, Nikki's email address up on the program page just yet, but maybe just check out our program page after the show. If you head to fbiradio.com, click on programs and then click on agenda and you can send Nikki all of your astro inquiries.
2: Yes, thanks so much for texting in, Sam. Excited for future astrology segments in the agenda of of (laughs) weeks to come. We have got a very exciting guest coming in straight after a tune, um, Amina Tuso who hosts an amazing podcast, Call Your Girlfriend, and does a whole lot of incredible things. She's a very, very successful businesswoman. <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> She's described in Google, in the yes. internet, as businesswoman. Yes. Which
2: I'm really so uh, badass.
3: Yes, happy that that is her title officially on Wikipedia. Uh, this is Akenyo with 2020. It's Akenyo's latest single. Uh, stick around for our chat with Amina Tuso right up next.
7: Look at the skylight See it all breezy, cause you know it's in hindsight Got the 2020 vision all with the bright lights Stadium, I feel like they watching like game night Who the team you barrack for? Cause we on the home team I know that for shortcuts. Sure wish I was homie But my career caught me in the spotlight I won't be home till late, I hope you will remember We did the big fight Hearts through the mincer, rime beef I played it up the tough beef I wasn't that selfish, bumpy eyes like shellfish Open the night, Texas, simple to develop this Armour made it still tough to break these Panic attacks, afraid I'll be left alone And then I wouldn't be able to face time, You come and checking up. I wasn't on for the show. But how could it be such when I wasn't in control? When I think about it all, I get so tired. Trying to stay strong. This blurry vision, bad decisions made How on earth can I say, like a fucked up brain Like a rainy day, and in that grainy way Perfume, sweet and sour, like So Made me think of you and all the things we could do Talk real close, with no lies, but just truth One, two, three, on my mind, it's all you Not enough to say that I love you Not enough to say that I trust you You gotta know that you can trust me you. you gotta know that you are loved through and through Was it useless unless I come through I come through but when I think about it all, I get so tired to stay strong
1: This is Agenda with Katie Winton and Isabel Hawthorben.
3: was modcon with scorpio moon uh tied very nicely into our new astro segment with nikki liakos that you heard just before that uh we're joined in the studio now by amina tuso we're very excited about this um amina Tuso co-hosts weekly podcast call your girlfriend co-founded a women in tech group called tech lady mafia and is speaking on a bunch of panels one of which is called my feminism will be intersectional or it will be bullshit this afternoon for sydney writers festival thank you so much Are you
8: kidding? Thank you so much for having me. Hello, Sydney.
3: (laughs) Um, I'm having a major fangirl moment. Uh, You or me? I am having a really intense moment right now. The best. Um, You're doing so many things today, so I hope you have time for a restorative nap at some point. You know, I'm definitely singing for my
8: (laughs) supper today. today. Today's the day where you're like, oh yeah. I fly you out here to work um, but you know the Sydney Writers Festival has been it's been an incredible experience so far. I got in a couple of days early so I feel like I've, I've gotten a little bit of touristing done and uh, it's it's so fascinating to be in a part of the world that I truly know nothing about. And, uh, yeah, and it, it checks out. There are delightful people all over the world. That's so nice <laughs> to hear. <laughs> um, I'm, like, very familiar with Call Your Girlfriend,
3: but kind of less familiar with Tech Lady Mafia, and I know that you're talking about that for Sydney Writers Festival. I'm wondering if you can just start by telling us a little bit about what that is about.
8: Yeah, you know, that it's so funny to be talking about this now. The Tech Lady Mafia is, um, I want to say, about five years old now, and it really started off uh, as a conversation with a very dear friend of mine, Erie Meyer, who at the time was a technology advisor for Barack Obama in the White House. And she had just read one of these articles that said that there were seven women in the world who knew how to use a computer or a calculator. Like there are no women in science. And she she was sending it to me to vent. And instead of venting, I, I just got annoyed for the first time. And I was like, you know, like this is true. These statistics are all true, but that's not true in our life. I was like, we are women of STEM. And we actually know a lot. Like, we know the seven women. We know them. (laughs) They're our friends and they're our colleagues. And so we started thinking about, instead of complaining and instead of waiting for somebody to mentor us or somebody to pick us, what if we chose ourselves and we created a back channel? And, uh, you know, I always say that women are stronger when we hunt in packs. And that's true across every industry. And from an email that went out to 20 people, we now have a I want to say, like, 3,000 members around the world. Amazing. Uh, It's an email listserv. There's nothing fancy about it. There's no membership fee. There's no... It literally is just women sharing information with each other. (laughs) And, uh, you know, in the moment that we're living in, it turns out that women just talking to each other and sharing information is revolutionary and that's true for salary negotiation, it's true for finding a new job, it is true for learning new skills, it is true for feeling empowered to tell the truth about abuses that are happening to you and around you. And you know, honestly that that is the work of Tech Lady Mafia. It is literally just creating opportunities for women. We are currently not taking in any new members because like at the size of the group is, it's actually, it's great because everybody does know somebody that's, we work on a referral system. For a long time, uh, the way into the group was, uh, we. whenever we went to tech conferences in the bathrooms, we would leave a note that said, join the mafia. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and uh one day somebody gave me one and I was so happy. Yeah, I was like that's full amazing. circle, <laughs> it has come to me. But uh, you know, everybody knows somebody, everybody's somebody's friend or somebody's colleague. And at this point, we're not really interested in making it like a bigger movement or a thing. We, we're like, this is our network. This is our lady web. And uh, we are encouraging other people to start their own, you know, and uh, not, like none of this stuff is new or like we don't have tools that you don't have. It is just about intentionally picking people in your um, in your profession and in your community and saying, we're going to get out of this mess together.
2: I think we're going to dive into lady webs a little bit more later (laughs) as well. Um, But you're also speaking at 3pm this afternoon on a panel about women in tech. Could you tell us what we can expect from today's conversation? Um, you know, I'm wondering what we can expect from this <laughs> yeah, I mean, conversation true. as a <laughs>
8: panelist. You know, I think um, what I really want to talk about is it's kind of like where we're at with this, right? Is that everybody is very aware of parity problems? Um, that's not a that's not a new thing. If if you think it's new. Uh, like, good luck on your journey. <laughs> uh, but the rest of us are pretty far ahead on this. But I really want to talk about solutions because I think that one of the ways that, especially for marginalized people, that we we keep them more marginalized is by not acknowledging the people who are there, you know, and the kind of work that they're doing. You can't be what you can't see. And uh, I am really excited to connect with women on a global scale who do STEM work, uh, STEMinist, as we like to call <laughs> them. And, you know, and really here, like, it, clearly in the United States, things are not working. I want to know if things are working here. It's like, what are yeah. Australians doing that is that is different or that is new? Or, you know, like, how are ways that your government is really bolstering um, this industry? Because it, it's true for us that our current government does not give a uh, <laughs> 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 Um, I don't know if I can say uh, bad words on this radio. But, yeah, <laughs> you know, like, they just they just don't care. And, and you can't trust private enterprise to care either. So... I, as much as I would like to vent today, I really want to get to a place where we identify problems and we start talking about things that are working, but it's also not lost on me that it's a panel of like four women, right? And, uh, you know, I, I'm just like, where are the men talking about mm. this? You I was like, your companies are the ones suffering because you're yeah. not hiring us. Um, and your products are the ones that are suffering. I don't think that parity or diversity uh, and inclusion, I don't think that it's a moral imperative. You know, I'm like, if you're a bad person when you go home at night, that's between you and your family. I personally do not care. But if you participate in a system that oppresses people and keeps people out, it's actually very bad for your business, it turns out. And I think that if you want to run a good business, you should have voices and people that don't look like you mm. and you should learn to build products for them and to include them. So women are 50 percent of the population. We have more buying power than men, actually, in a lot of areas, Uh And uh, yeah, like video games is a really prime example. Less than, I want to say less than 15% of the people who design video games are women, but women buy more than 70% of video games. Guess who's buying those games for their kids? Moms. So, uh, (laughs) you know, and and women, there are like a ton of women gamers. Like I would say there was like clear parody there and it's just nuts to me that people would leave money on the table. It's like, don't do it out of the kindness of your heart. Do it to get hard cash. And uh, this is one way out of that problem.
3: I think the other panel that you're speaking on this afternoon, uh, amongst your many things that you've got packed into your I'm schedule you, today... I'm for my supper today. <laughs> Thank you, um. Sydney Writers Festival. You're the best. <laughs> um, it's called My Feminism Will Be Intersectional, or It Will Be Bullshit, which references a 2011 essay by Flavia Zodin, uh, which was a response to racism in feminist movements such mm-hmm. as the Slut Walk. Um, and since the essay was published, the phrase in a lot of ways has become really commodified and commercial, and none of the profit has made its way back to the author who wrote a follow-up piece titled... And I love this title, My Feminism Will Be Capitalist, Appropriative, and Bullshit Merchandise. (laughs) And similarly, I guess in a lot of ways, the Me Too movement has kind of failed to give credit to women of colour. And I'm wondering if this kind of appropriation of work created by women of colour is another way that feminism, I guess, kind of sometimes fails to be intersectional.
8: I mean, (laughs) (laughs) this whole conversation is really fascinating to me because I think that it's... uh, you know we're at a time in history where it's kind of okay to call yourself a feminist now. Mm. It used to be that people would run away if you were a feminist, but now celebrities are <laughs> feminists men are fam- you know it's a good thing and uh that makes me really happy i we should all be feminist absolutely, and we should all not be ashamed of calling ourselves that. but one of the things that again, I'm struck by is how few people actually know feminist history and mm. know um you know, you're not inventing anything new here. Uh, <laughs> men and women should be equal. Yeah. You, like, you know, like Taylor Swift didn't invent that last week.
3: Really? So, no. Uh, you know,
8: it's like, it's it's not like a Hollywood thing. It Like, people have been writing about this since mm-hmm. the beginning of time. And so when I think about when people call themselves, in, you know, like intersectional feminist, my real question to them is, do you even know who coined intersectionality? Like, do you know who Kimberly Crenshaw is? Yeah. Right? And, and do you know what her intent was when she when she put those words out and what she was reacting against, right? And my my message last night at the Power Gala for the Writers' Festival was literally just read more books because people are idiots. <laughs> read books, find out what you don't know, and chances are if you think you have a great idea, somebody has already invented that thing. That happens to me all the time when I'm at the supermarket. I'm like, oh, I should make, and I'm like, ah, oh, somebody already made that. <laughs> but for this panel, I think um, in the context of... You know, like women who are writers and women of color, like being being here, like being far away from home, honestly, is, is kind of a refuge and I think provides us a space to talk about these issues on a global platform. I'm excited to hear about the Australian women on our panel, for example, because the truth is that you know when capitalism commodifies feminism, saddles up to uh, to the handmade. <laughs> what you know, what happens is that you, it's it's really clear. It's like white women benefit from everything all of the time, and they do uh, very little of the work. And, uh, you know, that's not a it's not a personal accusation. And I hope that people don't see it that way. It's like, this is literally what we talk about when we talk about dismantling systems. It is really easy to fall into your in-group and, you know, just enjoy privilege that other people don't have. And, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm a black woman, so I'm very aware of my of my um, of my place in the ecosystem. But to me, honestly, it, it really is just a place where like power and generosity should be um, should intersect because um, a lot of us have power, and uh, what you have to do is like give a hand up to other people. and sometimes that means paying them what they're worth. Mm-hmm. So instead of appropriating the words of a woman of color, pay her to talk about the thing that you're so excited about capitalism it works <laughs> you know like exchanging money and services of goods what a great idea do that um showcase them talk about them and that's how we build real solidarity it's not just about you know like quoting someone or or whatever it really is like if you you know it's not enough to call yourself a feminist do feminism and what does that look like right that looks like paying people. It looks like bringing them along for the ride. And it looks like acknowledging the places where you have blind spots. Like, it and it seems really hard, but it's actually very simple. <laughs> it's like what happens when you lay down your own pride, you know, and you say, it's not just about me because one individual actor does not change everything. It really is, how are we all gonna get free together? And white women won't be free unless women of color are free. That is very clear.
3: Totally. I think one thing that you touched on just then was kind of listening to people who have written about something that you have a vague idea about, Mm -hmm. and I think that really resonates with me. I think not that you and Anne write weekly. I mean, you do definitely in your newsletters and stuff, but I think, like, for me, one of my biggest moments of listening to Call Your Girlfriend is kind of having these nebulous ideas about things that I know that I feel, but hearing you and Anne articulate it really gives me the language and the tools to kind of talk about things that I maybe necessarily wouldn't have been able to talk about so well before and I'm wondering the way that you kind of speak about things week to week is that something that just becomes like a natural kind of way of conversing because I think one of the best parts of call your girlfriend is it's so colloquial and it also references so many big things in such a really you know well-researched way I'm wondering if you have like a if it ever became a decision to talk about things in a specific way or whether it's just the way that you speak about things does that Makes yeah, sense. no,
8: that makes sense. Thank you. That is such a kind thing to say. I like I want to just sit with that for a while. Um, you know, I think um it's so funny. If if Anne and Gina had come to me four years ago or whatever and said, Do you want to do a really popular podcast for women where we talk about feminism every week? I would have said, Hell no. That's <laughs> not what I want to do. And instead, the proposition was, Do you want to talk to your friends how you talk every day and find a new way to to storytelling, you know, and we love working together. And that's really what has kept us together. Gina Delvac, our producer, really is, um, you know, she is the glue that holds <laughs> the entire the entire enterprise together. I think that the thing that is so relatable about our show is that we're not doing anything new. Anne and I are friends, we are intimate friends. I imagine that everybody who listens to our show has a friendship like that, or had a friendship like that, or wants a friendship like that. And women just simply talking to each other about the day to day of their lives is groundbreaking. This is what you're seeing in Me Too, right? It's like, wow, all it is is women sharing information and saying, "Here's how I was hurt." Here, you know, like I, there's this nebulous idea that we're all witches trying to do revolution. <laughs> I was like, we do not have time. <laughs> like we are busy making snacks and face masks <laughs> and just trying to get to the day, like. If we really organize for revolution, my God, like, it would be beautiful and glorious and happen so fast. But what you're seeing that's actually really groundbreaking is women just saying the very quiet truths of their life, right? Because our entire existence is political. And so I think that the way that we choose to talk, is, you know, there was definitely a clear choice about this is not NPR voice. We, uh, you know, we say like a lot. There's a lot of ums and ahs. Because it really is that catch-up phone call with your girlfriend. If you want to listen to NPR, by all means. Like, I love NPR. But that's not what we're doing. We are saying that the conversation that you have with your best friend is political. And it's important. And... You know, you can start off discussing Kardashians and Mm. end on, you know, the ridiculous, like, curfew laws that Sydney has, for example. (laughs) I I tweeted at your mayor this morning. (laughs) She responded. She Uh, responded. Um, She's the best. (laughs) But, you know, I just, I really think that these are, um, people think that, like, policy and politics are these very big ideas, but really they're just the day-to-day of our lives. And it just so happens that because of the bodies that we inhabit, our bodies are more political. And so... Um, you know, telling somebody how you feel, tell, talking to someone about your health care, talking to somebody about, you know, just like your the, the ups and downs of your day and the joys and the sadnesses of your life. Like for women, that's life changing because we are so conditioned to just, you know, play through the pain and not talk about things or just be just be soldiers or be caretakers of other people. Right. It's how many how many of us have like watched our moms like take care of so many people and not have the time to say. Here's how I feel. And uh, and sometimes that quiet thing, that's the loudest thing. It's just saying like, here's how I feel and here's how that is impacted by so many different things. And so um, I really appreciate everything that you you said about the show, but I, I, I believe that everybody has those conversations. You know, we are really lucky to do them on a big platform, but we're not inventing anything new. We're we are talking to each other the way that you talk to your friends <laughs> and the way that like, Quiet change and lasting change happens.
2: That is truly what makes call your girlfriend so great—the familiarity, but like also the way that you unpack things. And something we talk about a lot on agenda is creative burnout. So, as part of your work, you stay up to date with a lot of really awful things that are happening in the world, um, and and kind of talk. About them personally, as well as in a global sense. Do you have any strategies for dealing with creative burnout, or for like dealing with the responsibility of being a very influential brain for a lot of people? Oh my God, who's an influential <laughs> brain? Oh
8: my God, um, find better influences. You know i i do think about I do think about this a lot because. I'm somebody who is on a lot. My my parents were diplomats, so I was, like, raised by schmoozers, even though I was actually a very shy kid. I used to eat my lunch in the library. And even now, um, after this interview, I'm going to need two hours in my closet just by myself. (laughs) Um, And so all of this is a performance. But I think that the two things are at work here for me. I think that um, ordinary people should not feel the responsibility of the weight of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it is... I, I get where that sense of empathy comes from, and I feel it a lot, especially as um, as an African woman. And, you know, I'm very aware of where I come from, and I'm aware of, like, how far I've gone and how much I want the world to change. But the truth is that if the world goes to shit tomorrow, um, it's not your fault. You're not the person who did that. And I think that, especially for women, that is really hard to hear, right? It's like, you care, you want to do everything, but the truth is that, like, you it is not in your power to make change. So that's the bad news <laughs> is like to really know that. But I also think that um, we, as, in the United States at least, uh, I, I don't know if you've heard, we had a terrible election last <laughs> year, Where I, like, I don't know you if the news has made it over here yet. Um, and we are devastated. Like we are truly, tr- you know, like I, we are still going through the cycles of grief and it, it's like very shocking how, how quickly we went from like, we don't want this man in the White House to, oh my God, now he's here. You know, like, it just it just happened, he's here now. I like, every time I see him on TV, I have a full body chills because I can't believe it actually happened. But here's the thing is that um any fight that you want, like, first of all, our lives will always be a struggle because we're women. Like, some people don't wanna hear that and I'm sorry, but if you, if you were in it to, to bend the moral arc of justice, it's not gonna be fun and Instagram and hashtags every day. <laughs> like some days will be hard. And the truth is that like, if you want to do that kind of work, you have to think about very long-term and you should think about the long-term that you're not even gonna be alive here for, right? It's, there is a possibility that nothing will change in our lifetimes. That's not actually true because things do change every day. You know, like just think about, um, yeah, I, I always go back to my mom and I was like, what, What kind of rights and opportunities does my mom have when she was my age? And the truth is that in one generation in all around the world, even in the Western world, things have changed for women. So things are changing, but what is it that you want? Do you want change for yourself or do you want change for the world? And if you want change for yourself, then, you know, like get to the gym, work out, get a better job, do, you know, like get a blowout, do the things that you need to do for yourself. If you want change for the world, you really need to submit to the fact that you might not be here to see it. So in terms of burnout, um, one thing that I see a lot with people, and I suffer from this too, is just like care. It's like you can care about everything, but you can't do something about everything. That's just... There's too much content and there's too much information <laughs> and it comes at us too fast. So our friend Beth Pickens wrote this great book called uh, Art Will Save Your Life. And I recommend it to everybody to read. But one of the strategies that she gives is that like you, you should pick two causes. One that is, like, near and dear to you. So, like, if you, you know, if you're queer, pick a queer thing. If you are blue, pick a blue thing. <laughs> if you are if you're a woman, pick a woman thing. And then pick one thing that does not affect you. That is, like, far, it, it, it has nothing to do with you, but it's something that you want to help on. And that's where you dig deep. And... And you have to, and surround yourself with people that you trust are doing the other work, right? Mm. Um, But I also think that self-care and mental health are really, 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 really important. And for a lot of creative people, we throw ourselves in our work and, um, you know, we batter our bodies and worse, we batter our minds. And uh, you have to take care of your body and your mind. Like, we're not... None of this is worth it if you're not going to be a healthy person to enjoy your work or to show your work or to present your work or to defend the people that you want to defend. I was diagnosed with cancer late last year and uh, with endometrial cancer. And my entire life, my identity was really wrapped into work. I thought that I was, my worth was measured by how productive I was. And I was one of those people that always said that I would never, you know, it's like, ugh, if I, like, who sits at home and who vacations? Like, who are these people? Long story short, when you get cancer, you like it's kind of nowhere to go i had to I had to quit work, I had to turn down everything, and I was really confronted with my own like what is my identity if my identity is not my work? Let me tell you, relaxing is great <laughs> <laughs> it is it's terrifying in the sense that, yeah, you know, like like money is obviously a problem, and you need to figure it out, and we live in a country that has very terrible health care so being sick will literally bankrupt you and you will never recover in your life. Like that's like, I wanna acknowledge that that's real. But the thing that, um you know, and I was privileged enough to have good healthcare and to have like good friends who took care of me. But I was really struck by this very um, Western ideal we have about work and productivity. Like you're not your productivity. That's not who you are. So sometimes it's okay not to be showing things or to mm-hmm. be doing things. And also you need um, you need a really strong backbone and you need a really strong interior life to protect yourself. And, you know, and the thing about creatives is that we give and give and give and give. How can you give if your cup is empty? And so taking that time for yourself and not feeling guilty about it and not feeling selfish about it. I, I hear the word selfish so much from women whenever yeah. they, just, you know... They're like not taking, they're not doing like the mom thing they're supposed to be doing, or you're taking some time off, or you're not, you're not helping on your weekend, and you feel selfish, you know. And and I would say to you, it's like, do you like, do you think that men feel selfish when they're doing their men activities? You know, I'm just, I'm like, women are friends, but men are activity buddies. It always shocks me. I'm like, wow, you guys always find something to do. Um, I just want to sit on the couch and do nothing. But I think that really thinking about that is like, like, what is your long term? And how do you protect for yourself? You know, I think that having a love of self is something that a lot of us struggle with. And we're so good about taking care of our friends and our families and our kids. Imagine if you did 10% of that for yourself, where you were gentle with yourself, you gave yourself the time, and you said, I am my own friend. Like, I am my own love. And you did that same thing. I you would be a little bit happier.
3: (laughs) I think that's such a beautiful note to end this interview on. Amina Tuso, thank you so much for coming in to talk to us on Agenda this morning. It's been truly a wonderful conversation. I can't wait to put it up online afterwards. This is gonna maybe throw you on the spot a little bit, but last tell week. Tell me, tell me, I'm last, screaming, I'm screaming. Last week we um so one of my, actually, yeah, my best friend and the person who started this show with me just moved to Berlin last week. No come um, back. <laughs> And we were asking people for their friendship love song dedications last week. And I'm wondering if you have a song that we can go out with today <gasps> to dedicate to anyone. Yeah, oh my god. <laughs>
8: Because it is so ridiculous and it always makes me feel like I'm on a desert island, I'm thinking about Little Yachty's Better. I think it's called Better. It's so ludicrous. <laughs> but it's it's for your lovers and it's for your friends. <laughs> okay, yeah. let's um, just... Hold on. I'm going to tell you. I pretend that I love rap music, but <laughs> my, my brother is very embarrassed by me. Um, because, here, I'm going to pull up the playlist. It's definitely on Spotify. Okay, great. Amazing. <laughs> yes. Little Yachty's Better. <laughs> Nailed it the first go. Yeah. Featuring Steflon Don. <laughs> this one's for you, Sydney, Australia. <laughs> okay, hang on. Don't worry, you're going to find it. The song is so ridiculous. Please don't watch the video because okay. it will ruin it for you. But <laughs> okay, close your it. eyes and imagine that you're on a desert island. <laughs> and with that, we're out.
3: <laughs>
9: oh, oh, oh. You say it's good, I say it's great, but it could be better. It always could always be better. You say it's good, but it could be better. It always could always be better. Everything in life could always be better. Don't settle for less, cause then you miss out on more. Everything in life won't always be pleasure. You work for the treasure just to live even more. Cause you say it's good but it could be better it always could always be better unlike the happiness and live for forever i'll express my love in a letter i love you cause you'll be making me better you make me feel so much better it could be good but it could be better when i'm with you i feel much better. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, 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 Let's lay on the hood and look at the stars and name them whatever. You always call that one Trevor. Since a young one, you've always been clever. Let's grow old rocking chairs and play checkers. I wanna spend my whole life with you. Without you, I feel so blue. I probably lose my train of to-do's All my life I always say it's good I say it's great, but it could be better It always could always be better You say it's good, but it could be better It always could always be better Everything in life could always be better Don't settle for less, cause then you miss out no on more Everything in life won't always be pleasure. You work for the treasure just to live even more.
4: You said I love your yeah, way, way off so deep. I love your yeah, way, way am let me feel so sweet. Baby, you a gangster, car, you don't deny me. Love the way you love me ya I really love you, you really love me They must be blind if they can't see I'm pouring up, I'll take you high We best friends and we so fly Neighbors always come around When you got me raining down You say
9: it's good, I say it's great But it could be better It always could always be better You say it's good, but it could be better It always could always be better Life could always be better Don't settle for less Cause then you miss out on more Everything in life Won't always be pleasure You work for the treasure Just to live even more Cause you say it's good But it could be better It always could always be better Unlike your happiness And live for forever I'll express my love In the light better it could be good but it could be better when i'm with you i feel much better oh 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 oh, oh, oh.